Your eardrums are thanking me. It's time for episode 19 of Pass the Salt, the Christmas edition. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pass the Salt. We are just one episode away from being in the 20s of Pass the Salt, which is very fun for me and for you. If you've been listening to the last 18 episodes, I'm so glad that you're back. If for some reason this is your first time listening, glad you're here. Um, This episode's different than the past 18 episodes because it is a Christmas episode. Yes, it is not December. Yes, it is still in the 40 degrees in Pennsylvania. Yes, we just had Thanksgiving. And yes, it is perfectly okay to celebrate Christmas now or never. (laughs) No, not never or later is what I should say. Or maybe you've already been celebrating Christmas. In our household, we already have our Christmas trees up. We have four Christmas trees in our home. Two big ones, two little ones. And honestly, that's not enough Christmas trees. I'm a big fan of the holiday. Um, So that being said, I wanted to turn our attention here at Pass the Salt to Advent. Which, uh, let me me talk about Advent for... uh, one moment. I worked in ministry. I still do, but I worked in the church setting of um, ministry for quite a number of years. And I grew up being in a family that was super involved. And I never really, and this is the God's honest truth. And anyone who served with me or was in my youth group would be ashamed of me for saying this. Gosh, guys, Advent didn't really excite me very much or interest me. I just don't think I saw for a long time, the value in it, I was like, oh, Advent, blah, 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 light the candle on the wreath, here we go, same old, same old. Um, <laughs> I like the Christmas songs, and I like the decorations, and of course I love celebrating Jesus, like Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, but leading up to it, I just never saw the appeal. But lately, especially after the year we've had with COVID, <laughs> and two years with it, and so many life changes in in my life, and I know a lot of people have had life changes as well. Advent has a new a new feeling and a new interest, and I wanted to share that here on Past the Salt. So Salt and Light is a nonprofit organization. We're a parachurch ministry. We're not a Sunday morning church experience um, type of thing. So obviously we're not typically celebrating Advent Um, you know, with a congregation like you guys might be with your youth groups or with your families or maybe not at all. Um, But I thought it would be fun for us to take this week and the next three weeks and talk about what each week of Advent, each week has a theme, Um, talk about a little devotional with that and also give you some games ideas that you can play with your youth group or you can play with your families and friends Um, you could play with strangers at a bus stop you could go to like maybe the food court at a mall if there's I don't know if malls still exist question mark yeah you could go there and play these games Um, if you do that you should totally let us know because I would come watch that Um, all that being said I'm very looking 
very much looking forward to these Advent-themed episodes. Today we don't have a guest because it was just Thanksgiving a few days ago, and I wanted to give all the people on my long list of who I want to talk to um, time with their family and friends. So it's just me. Just yours truly, sorry. Um, but the next couple of weeks, there may be some surprise guests joining us. You'll just have to wait and listen and find out. And then we're going to take a little break from Pass the Salt and come back in 2022 with some very exciting things up our sleeve. And again, gosh, I hate myself. Why am I talking in the third person? I don't know. Okay, anyways, we're going to start off by talking about games. So if you like to hear fun things that your youth group could do or your family could do this Christmas, keep listening. Or if you have no, you don't have a funny bone and you don't like games and you just want to hear a devotional, you can fast forward a couple of minutes because soon after that, we're going to talk uh, again with the third person. I'm going to share with you about hope and hopefully you will walk away feeling hope. <laughs> Maybe not. Guess you'll have to find out. Okay, we're going to pass the salt. Let's get to it. First off, for our first Christmas episode, let's talk about Christmas games. Okay, you little jingle meisters and scrooges and grinches and Will Ferrells. <clears throat> Here are some game ideas. Now, I wish I could say I came up with them. Um, I did not, but these are things I've looked up and or have done myself, and um, I'm adding my own twist to them. So these are still touched by the Salt and Light inspiration, but they're not original from Salt and Light. Not all of them. Maybe in future weeks, I will have more time to come up with some on my own. Um, if you have a game that you love to play that could be a Christmas game or it is a Christmas game or could add Christmas to it, um, message us. You can send us a message on Instagram at SNLYM or on Facebook, Salt and Light Youth Ministry, or under the contact page on our website, SNLYM.com. Okay, so here's the first one. So if you're a youth leader, you should play this. If you're a parent, a student, anyone, do this game at your church, at your home. I don't care. Okay, anywhere you want to do it. The first game is called Guess It. <laughs> you could create a better title than that. I'm sure of it. You need a couple of Christmas stockings. I would suggest going to the Dollar Tree because everything is $1. It is my favorite store. Um, you need a couple of Christmas stockings, or you could be like my mother in fourth grade when she forgot my Christmas stocking when we went to my family's house where we spent Christmas, and she used a pair of my like regular tights like that children wear, or like little girls wear, you know, like tights, and hung those up by the fireplace instead of a Christmas stocking. So you could use that as well. <laughs> Anyways, slight PT, slight trauma. Okay, moving on. So, guess it. You need a couple of stockings, however many you want. Usually maybe four or six, if you want to keep it even, or less or more. And you need to fill the Christmas stockings with the most random 
things you can think of like I don't know applesauce or like little like craft supplies like those little pom-poms or eyeballs or bones Christmas ornaments (laughs) anything that's like strange and then you can have volunteers maybe you divide it into two teams and um, team a and team b if you want to blindfold so one at a time people from each team will take a turn feeling what's inside the stocking and trying to guess and then the team that has the most correct guesses wins the stockings (laughs) so that could be fun because it's sort of like a halloween game like you were feeling like spiders and eyeballs, but now it's Christmas themed. Like you're feeling elf brains or like reindeer poop or something. So that's a fun game for you to try. <laughs> Pass the salt. Um, okay, another one that's always fun is, of course, playing Christmas carols and seeing who can guess what the Christmas song is like the fastest, who raises their hand and can guess. It, like the quickest like two seconds in I know what that is that's grandma got run over by reindeer give me a harder one um you've probably already played that one um another game and so this is an acting game and I believe that this is in one of the uh, curriculums on our website if you go to snlym.com slash shop and go to the youth ministry resource store there's all different lessons you can use um, that you can purchase for your youth group and this is what I'm about to tell you is a variation of uh, what I believe is one of the activities in one of those games but this is a fun little theater game that a bunch of you've probably played at creative arts camp or at some sort of theatrical endeavor so the way that you play is you have the whole group of people stand in a circle and whoever's leading the activity will instruct everyone to close their eyes and while everyone's eyes are closed the leader will walk on the outside of the circle of people and by tapping on the shoulder of two or three individuals depending on how large your group is um choose who are going to be the elves i call this game the elf on the shelf (laughs) and then you'll instruct those two to three people or however many more um to just open their eyes so they know who each other are and then you'll tell everyone to open their eyes and then in the designated space, so maybe it's the Sunday school room or the gym or the sanctuary or a stage or a living room, wherever, but in a contained spot, so not throughout a whole building, in one room, everyone is just going to be walking around the room and making eye contact with each other, not talking, they'll definitely be giggling. If whoever you tapped on the shoulder, the elves, makes eye contact with someone they have to wink they can pick and choose when they wink and if you get winked at then you have to dramatically fall to the ground and die and the bigger the better drama it is so this is a dark spin on elf on the shelf (laughs) um but this is a, a fun game to play at any time but we can add our own christmas flair to it um, the last activity, oh, and I guess the, the challenge or the way the game ends is hopefully af- after a couple minutes, everyone has dramatically fallen to their death and just the killers are left standing. 
sometimes people can add in a twist where you try to guess like after a couple rounds people can be like i think that the elf is you know Susie q oh my gosh you were right i am so if you want to add that twist into it that's always fun too um, the last game, this is a classic you guys should try if you've never heard of it. It's called Musical Chairs, okay, where you put chairs in a line, and um, I can't believe I'm sitting here into a microphone talking about musical chairs. Play musical chairs, but do it to Christmas music. That's always fun, and it's a thriller. Put chairs in a row, um, forward facing back, facing forward, facing back, facing. Everyone's walking around, and there's one less chair than however many people are in the game. And then they're walking around with Christmas music. Yes, I am explaining musical chairs, because what if you don't know how to play, or you haven't played since you were at, you know, someone's eighth birthday party, and now you're nine, and you forgot. Um, you walk around the musical chairs, and then the music stops, and you have to quick sit in a chair, and if you don't sit in a chair, then you are the weakest link. Goodbye. So there you have it. That was um, Christmas games that you can play. My next episode, maybe instead of Christmas games or in addition to, I'd like to share with you some secret family recipes that will no longer be a secret for some Christmas cookies that you guys can make. Um, so stay tuned for episode 20 of Pass the Salt. So let's get to the real salt portion of Pass the Salt. We're going to talk about um, the first Sunday in Advent, which is dedicated to reflecting on, to thinking about, to turning our attention towards the concept of hope. And for the next few minutes, you and I are going to think about hope together and um, just see what the Lord might bring to our attention. So here's some thoughts about hope for you and for me today as we celebrate Advent and get ready for Christmas. Before we begin talking about hope together, I want to just pray um, for the words that I'm going to share today and also for anyone listening, um, whether you're listening the day that this uh, episode is released or 10 years from now, who <laughs> does not matter. Um, I just want to bring this time and this space to God. So wherever you are, if you're driving, please don't close your eyes. Let's pray. Lord, I just ask you to um, speak to us in a new way in these next couple of minutes, to speak to me in a new way. Lord, right now we're going to turn our attention to this concept of hope. And God, sometimes it's hard to have hope. Other times it just comes really naturally to us. So will your Holy Spirit teach us something new about hope and maybe plant a seed in us um, that will continue to grow and to nourish and flourish into hope when we need it the most. Pray for anyone listening, Lord, that you will um, reveal to them yourself in a new way and um, continue to encourage them with the truth that you are working in their lives um, in good ways and mighty ways, big ways and small ways, but in ways that are holy and are from you. So we give this time to you. Help us to pass the salt well. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So the, the interesting thing about taking some time on this podcast to do a devotional is it is called Pass the Salt. 
And the thing about salt is that it adds flavor to whatever you're, hopefully, food (laughs) eating. Um, It just enhances the flavor, it enriches it, and it makes it taste better. The other cool thing about salt is that it preserves meats and other things like in the olden days before there were freezers and refrigerators people would use salt to preserve certain things especially meat as a matter of fact my grandmother was visiting us over the summer she's from the uh the very southern part of virginia and she grew up in a very rural area with like lots of farms and she's in her uh, mid 80s now so she was born i believe it was like in the early 30s and um she was telling us that when she was a little girl they didn't have a fridge or a freezer um or electric inside their house and they like butchered animals there's a point to this hang in here and her father had his whole shack that was reserved for meats and he would um salt like drench everything in salt and that would last them for the whole winter and salmons and beef and pork and all these different types of meat um, would just be drenched in salt and they would just go out to the shed in the winter and get some of that salted meat and eat that and I think it's important that we as Christians as people who follow Christ remember that it is true when the Lord said like you are the salt of the earth and I mean this is literally the name of our ministry (laughs) salt and light Um, we need to make sure that what we're adding to our conversations to our relationships to our um, whatever we offer to the world social media the, the way we present ourselves that it's salt that it enhances it enriches it adds good flavor and it's something that we want to stick around and taking time to maybe pause our traditional podcast way of doing interviews and spend some time in the word of god and talking about god's words to us that is one way of passing the salt of adding something that's enriching and um, adding something that can just persevere and preserve uh, for hopefully a long time. So the first Sunday of Advent is all about hope, and I want to pass some salt on hope. I want to add some thoughts that will enrich and flavor and um, just deepen the way we think about hope and will also hopefully stick around with us because that's what salt does. So hope is interesting. It's Something that I have found over the last couple of years is something that I've struggled with. I was listening to another podcast recently that um, said the only way to have a good conversation, like a good uh, podcast, is to be really honest with people. And to be honest with you guys, hope is something that I've struggled with because the thing about hope is that there's always two possible outcomes looming when you put your hope in something. Either there's going to be a good outcome or an undesired outcome, right? So this football season, if you have your hope in your favorite team winning a game, either they're going to win or they're going to lose. (laughs) It's just like, it's a little bit black and white in that way. And that's the risky thing about hope. And I think that that's been the biggest struggle for me with hope is that the risk involved 
um, has been painful for me. And maybe you guys can relate to that too. Um, there have been things in my life that I had a lot of hope for and a lot of hope about. And then the things that I was hoping for didn't happen and turned out worse than I would have ever hoped for and turned out way different than I would have ever hoped for. And my hope was crushed and I was let down. And in a way, it almost felt like God let me down. And maybe that is something you resonate with. When you look at the Bible, the reason perhaps we take a whole Sunday of Advent just to focus on hope is because people had their hope in God for something for a really long time. Throughout the whole Old Testament and all the years in between the Old Testament and the New Testament, the people who followed God, um, Yahweh, the Jewish people, were waiting for redemption. They were waiting for a savior. That was the biggest core of their theology was that they needed to be forgiven. They needed to be um, redeemed. They needed to be reconciled back to God. And so they would do sacrifices. They would do offerings. They would do all of these things um, as a temporary placeholder in hopes that God would step forward, would show up in their lives and present to them the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate redemption piece and They knew it would be a Messiah. Um, They knew it would be Emmanuel, which means God with us, that the very presence of God was going to come to earth and was going to do something mighty. And they had, for years and years and years, hoped that it would be a certain type of maybe warrior or king or someone that would help them because not only did they want to be saved, you know, from sins and, and redeemed and like resurrected and all these things, but they also had a really tough life, the Israelites did, and they wanted to be saved from slavery. They wanted to be saved from oppression and all of these horrible things that were happening to them for years and years and years. And so when we get to the New Testament, it's finally the time for the hope to be fulfilled. And the Lord answers this need answers this deep, deep hope-filled request that had been thousands of years waited, waiting for with a baby and two like teenage parents. <laughs> and a lot of people were disappointed because the way that God showed up was not the way that they were hoping for. And again, maybe that's something that you can relate to. Even the coming of Jesus himself, like the embodiment of God on earth, our Savior, our Redeemer, the perfect Lamb, Emmanuel, God with us, the Messiah, even that let people down, which is a really hard thing to think about because now like we literally are dedicated to being Christ followers, Christians, and like worshiping Jesus and living life like Jesus and like Jesus is the most important thing. And yet even that, was not the answer that people were hoping for and waiting for because Jesus grew up to live a, a peaceful life and a, and died on a cross and didn't kill other people. Like, are you kidding me? This is not the kind of warrior, savior, king we were waiting for. A couple years ago, I was really struggling with this. Um, like I shared a moment ago, just like feeling like, gosh, God was not showing up in the ways that I 
would have wanted God to. And I went home for Christmas. Um, My family still lived in the Poconos at the time, which is where my husband and I are from. And um, this was before my grandmother had passed away from uh, cancer. And this was, she died in the first week of January. So right before she was going to die. And we knew that she was um, close to dying. She was really, really sick. And I was going home to be there for Christmas and it felt like the crappiest Christmas ever because she was like our matriarch and she made Christmas really magical for us, for the grandchildren, for her children. And we all sort of knew walking into the week of Christmas, like, mm, this is not going to be the fun Christmas we were were used to. It was okay. Um, maybe you've journeyed through cancer or a, a terminal illness with someone and there's a lot of mixed feelings and some of it is knowing that like accepting in a way that the end is close and so that's what Christmas was a couple years ago and I went home and uh, go to like the guest room where I was staying and um, there was something hanging on the wall that I guess had been like I grew up in that house and lived in that house since I was four um, with my grandmother and never saw this Bible verse hanging on the wall. Don't know how, or maybe she had just put it up. I don't really know. And unfortunately she's no longer here, so I can't ask her about it. But there was like a bookmark pinned to the wall of the room I was sleeping in that had this random Bible verse that I had, it's, you know, it's not not a popular Bible verse that is usually hanging up. And it was Isaiah 49, 23, which says, um, those who hope in the Lord will not be disappointed. And I was like, first of all, never heard that Bible verse. Second of all, whoa, (laughs) I was in the most unhopeful time. Like we literally were waiting for grandmother to die. And there was a lot of other things going on in life that just felt wrong. And it was like supposed to be the most hopeful, joyful Christmas time. And it felt really dark and sad and gloomy. And there's this Bible verse that says, those who hope in the Lord will not be disappointed. And it sort of hit me. I actually took it off the wall and took it home with me because I knew she was, (laughs) this sounds morbid. I knew that she would never know, (laughs) notice since she, like I said, she passed away a couple days, like 12 days after that. So I I think she would have forgiven me for that. She would have wanted me to have it. So I took it um, because it really, it stuck with me. Those who hope in the Lord will not be disappointed. And I looked it up online. I have it in front of me right now. And all the different translations of the Bible kind of use different words for disappointed. Some of them say, those who hope in the Lord will not be put to shame. Those who hope in the Lord will not be ashamed. Those who hope in the Lord will not be sorry that they hoped in the Lord. There's a lot of different... um, ways of looking at this verse, but all meaning a very similar thing in that those who hope in the Lord will find that it's worth it, aka will not be disappointed. And the Lord kind of spoke to me in that season, a similar season of Advent, um, saying, you know what, I think you're let down right now because your hope's not in me. Um, My hope was in my job. My hope was in myself. My hope was in 
all sorts of things and other people fulfilling expectations I had on them that were unrealistic. My hope was in my self-fulfilling expectations I had on me that were unrealistic. My hope was in my job looking and sounding and being, a, this was before salt and light, looking and sounding and being a certain way and it just wasn't looking and sounding and being that way. And I was being disappointed over and over and over again. And to me, I thought all along, I was disappointed in God because I thought all along my hope was in God. And in that moment, seeing that Bible verse, it just struck me like my hope, I haven't been hoping in the Lord. I haven't been waiting on the Lord. I haven't really even been trusting God with all of these things that are bothering me. I've been placing my hope elsewhere. And now I'm disappointed because these things aren't coming, turning out the way I wanted them to. And the Lord sort of challenged me to change that, to put my hope back in the giver of hope, of the definition of hope itself, and that is Jesus. And so my challenge to you this week, this Advent week, is to ask yourself, where is your hope? Is your hope in people? Is your hope in things? Is your hope in, you know, yourself? Who knows? And maybe there's an opportunity for you right now to redirect your attention, to redirect your hope to God. And what I mean by that is trusting God, is handing things over to God that need to be handed over to God. What I mean is knowing that all things work together for good for those who trust in the Lord. And accepting that as truth, really, really accepting it, not just surface level, but deep within yourself, accepting that as truth. Um, and I'm wrapping this up now because I feel like sitting at my kitchen table talking to the wall and it's been too long talking to the wall. Um, I want myself and you listening as well. I want us to try and place our hope back in the Lord And that sounds really good and it sounds really easy, but it's a really difficult and good daily decision to make. I used this analogy a couple of years ago um, when I spoke at a worship night. Um, It wasn't in this area, so I don't know if anyone listening heard it. I may have used it before or since then. Um, But actually, Molly, who spoke on the podcast, podcast a couple weeks ago her mom came up with this analogy so I can't even take credit for it um but she shared it once and it stuck with me all these years um and it's just this image that I like to give when I think about hope I give it to myself and I give it to other people I love and trust um when we think about Jesus the greatest thing that Jesus did for us not just coming and choosing to live as a human growing up starting out as a little baby that we celebrate at Christmas time even though it wasn't December 25th when he came but <laughs> we won't talk about that um <laughs> celebrating Jesus you know life and we think about everything that Jesus did greatest thing that Jesus did was die on the cross for us because that fulfilled the hope that like I said earlier for years and years and years, this promise that God gave us, um, and Jesus fulfilled it, and that promise came true, which is literally what God does. God answers promises that God gives us. You see that over and over. The whole Bible is one promise saying, I love you unconditionally, and over and over again, it's confirmed. 
And Jesus confirmed that unconditional love on the cross when he died. Willingly, knowingly died on the cross. And willingly and knowingly came back to life. In some ways, it'd almost be better <laughs> to just like not have to be on this like difficult earth anymore. But Jesus came back three days later to prove, yes, I love you unconditionally and my promises are true. And so when you think about that moment of Jesus dying on the cross, which is really at the core of Christmas what we're celebrating, because that's what we're looking ahead towards. Advent is a season of waiting for Jesus. And Christmas is just the beginning of waiting to celebrate the real thing, the real meaning of the season, right, is Jesus dying on the cross. When you look in your mind and you picture Jesus on a cross, like dying for you, and Jesus looking at you and saying, I love you unconditionally. There is no conditions on this love I have for you literally to the point of I will die for you and John it says that a real a love is a friend laying down its um, their life for a friend that's what Jesus did for us and can you in your mind stand before Jesus saying how much Jesus loves you and dying on the cross for you can you look him in the eyes and say I don't trust you can you do that don't think you can it's really hard to not trust Jesus when you think of the core of Jesus's love for us and hope is very similar to that I think hope and trust go hand in hand hope is really just accepting that God's promises are true and God's promises are good sometimes the definition of good it's not our definition of good, but it's better. Hope is believing that those promises are going to come true. And so oftentimes when I felt disappointed about things I had hoped for, it always felt like an ending. Man, this didn't turn out the way I wanted to. This is the end of the, this is the, end of the story, end of the chapter. And I'm disappointed. And it's almost like God was saying to me in, in this season of hopelessness, uh, Chrisanna, if you're disappointed right now, that it's not the end. <laughs> if, if right now you're let down and you're disappointed, there is more to come. Don't, don't think that this is the ending because my word promises you that all things work together for good. And so when you get to that moment where you can look back and say, yes, God worked this out, that's the end slash the beginning of something else. Don't place your hope in fickle things. Don't place your hope in worldly things. Don't place your hope in anyone or anything else other than Jesus on the cross before you saying, you can trust me with this. You can trust me with that. You can trust me with anything. That's where our hope needs to be. That's where our hope belongs. And oftentimes that's where our hope is not. So if you're hopeless, if you're hope-filled, Wherever you are right now in your life, the things that you're holding on to that are difficult, that are big question marks for you, that are challenging, I would encourage you, and I'm really talking to myself and the wall, <laughs> um, I would encourage us to analyze where the hope is and how can we look at Jesus and say, I trust you with this. I'm handing it to you. I know you've already been at work in this situation in my life, 
in XYZ. And my hope is that your promise is good, that you will work this out for good, whatever that means. Your will be done, not mine. I have my hope in you. So good luck. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> I just um, try that this week. Advent is all about waiting for Jesus, but it's also like waiting on Jesus. And next week, we're going to turn our attention to another aspect of what waiting on Jesus is. But we start with hope because hope can fuel us for doing what God has for us. Hey, I have my hope in God's promise that all things are going to work together for good, so I'm not giving up. Um, so take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> um, be salt this week. We're passing the salt. Next Monday, we're going to continue the conversation with the next aspect of Advent and some more Christmas games, perhaps Christmas cookie recipe, um, and some good jolly old fun. Yes. Um, thank you guys for passing the salt with us. We will see you next week and stay tuned because there may be other surprises along the way. Also, don't forget to check out snlim.com slash shop because there's a lot of fun things you can buy to put under the Christmas tree this year for your friends and family or for yourself to wear on Christmas morning. Salt and light gear and merch. We love merch. You don't, this is a big misconception that we need to do better at uh, explaining because I don't really know if we explain it. If you come to our events and you want to buy merch and you don't have money on you or we run out of something, you can buy it online. Fear not, everyone. There is still hope, okay? So go to snlim.com slash shop and do some Christmas shopping. Have hope this week, you guys. Pass the salt to the people in your life. Enrich. Do things that are worth sticking around. Um, that's what salt does. And think about where your hope is, who your hope is in. And if the answer is not Jesus, change it. Or at least think about changing it. Okay? I'm going to do that because I need to. I really just spoke to myself in the wall. Okay? <laughs> you guys are great. We love you at Salt and Light. Have a good week. We will see you next Monday for week two of Advent. Let's pass the salt.